In the name of Jesus. Amen. These disciples having trouble seeing. Last week it was Thomas. He encountered the presence of Jesus to see, to touch. To see and to touch something that he had never, ever could have anticipated, the resurrected Jesus. And there we learned the art of seeing without seeing. And two weeks ago, the disciple was John, where he went inside of the tomb, saw nothing, and actually saw everything, and believed that Jesus was, in fact, resurrected. Now today, we have Cleopas and the other disciple walking along, discussing the things that have happened in the last few days, and Jesus comes up, and they don't recognize him. Now with the two apostles, we could probably lay in on uh, on them. Maybe today, though, we can cut the Cleopas and the other disciple a little slack. Perhaps they weren't around for the Sermon on the Mount or Jesus prophesying that he will rise again after a crucifixion. We could cut them some slack, but unfortunately their own words doesn't allow us to do that. Because when Jesus comes up to them and asks them, what are you talking about? They recount everything. Everything. The crucifixion, the trial, and they actually recount the women telling the other twelve that Jesus rose from the dead. They have his death and his resurrection, and now they have the presence of Jesus and the teaching of Jesus, but they still don't recognize him. What kept them from recognizing them? Maybe we should ask a different question. What could have Jesus done more that would have helped them to recognize him? I really can't think of anything else. So maybe the problem isn't with Jesus, but the problem lies with these two disciples. You see, there wasn't a deficiency of realities. They saw Jesus, they heard from Jesus, they heard the reports of Jesus' resurrection, and now they have Jesus walking along next to them. There wasn't a deficiency of realities, but perhaps this Jesus walking next to them actually contradicted their own view of reality. Jesus Christ, once dead, standing before them, simply was just outside the bounds of their world. They just didn't get it. Perhaps you've seen the National City Bank commercial where the bank advertises that they're going to pay the bank fees. And the man sits there and says, okay, okay, I don't get it. To which the bank representative just simply repeats what he just said. Yes, we're going to pay your bank fees. You see, for that guy sitting at the table, he didn't get it. There wasn't a deficiency of realities. The bank does what it does. 
but it was just outside the bounds of this man's perceptions of banks that they would actually pay ATM fees. So there's no gaps for the disciples, there's no gaps for the bank customer. But for both of them, it was just simply too much to consider that much going on. What was needed was faith so that they could actually take it all in. For the two disciples, it was just too much Jesus rather than not enough. It's not like they didn't want Jesus in front of them. It just never crosses their mind that the man walking with them was, in fact, Jesus. The dead man is dead, period. But the problem with these two disciples is that they still think that Jesus plays by the old rules. But he just rose from the dead. Things are different now. Things have changed. And he does them the way he does them. The thing is, though, I don't think we're quite different than the two disciples. We walk along in our life rehashing what Jesus has already told us. Just arriving at unimaginable things. Like... This is my body. This is my blood. Or something like forgiveness. And forgiveness. The easy thing is perhaps revenge, vindication. But that's not the way of Jesus. Is it really too much for us to consider that someone who has hurt us now actually desires forgiveness, and restoring a right relationship with us. We speak about forgiveness. We speak about the love of Christ. But are we really comfortable with that much Jesus? That much Jesus where his word and love could actually live in someone who hurt us. That much Jesus where His forgiveness and his compassion actually now creates fellowship with one another. Like our two disciples, maybe our minds are made up. The man who wronged us is wrong, period. And anything else just finds itself not even worth considering. See, a world according to Jesus, filled with forgiveness and love, lies before our eyes, just like Jesus was just before the eyes of the disciples. We just don't think it exists. We know about forgiveness. We have the man in front of us who wronged us. We have an apology. But are we even considering forgiveness? We aren't lacking information. But like the disciples, can we imagine a world that's outside our perception? 
See, like the men on the road, Christ needs to take us further. He needs us to take us further to places where we can never imagine. He needs to take us further into himself, further into his world, into his love. So like the two disciples, Jesus, rather than going on further, remains. Remains with us today. He comes into this life to give us something we can't miss. The meaning that will actually make sense of everything and allow us to take on all the things that Christ would have for us. And it wasn't a discourse, but it was Jesus taking the bread, blessing it, breaking it, and giving it to the disciples. At that moment, they were able to recognize him, able to recognize the world in which they lived, the world that now plays by the resurrection rules. And the same is for us. Once we receive the crucified and risen Jesus in the breaking of the bread, there is a lot to handle. There is really just too much of him. In fact, there's so much Jesus that we receive at the altar that he spills over and out of us so that we have to go back to where we came from and tell everybody what he said and done, just like those two disciples in Emmaus. At that very moment, they left to go and tell the others everything that he had done and said. Everything. There is that much Jesus. And if we remember from last week, the Apostle John actually told us this, that when Jesus was in the midst of the twelve, he did so many signs in their presence that there's not enough books in the world to actually hold them. There is that much Jesus. An endless amount of Jesus. But these things were written so that you may believe and have life in his name. And the same is for our own life. Reflect upon what Jesus has done for us. And we cannot begin to count all the things. But we are just simply given to give Jesus so that others may believe and have life in his name. So we are given to pass on Jesus. Passing on Jesus to a world that can't imagine, actually, forgiveness, right relationships, fellowship amongst one another. Passing on Jesus to a world that can't imagine a resurrection, that can't imagine that a man who was once dead now is here with us today. Passing on Jesus to a world that can't imagine eternal life. And passing on Jesus to a world that can't even imagine love. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.